As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Today is a really, really special episode. Uh, this has been a long, long time coming. He is a super busy man, and he is, in my opinion, and other, others' opinions, uh, the closest thing to a real-life Captain America that we have on Earth today, and that man is Tim Kennedy. And if you don't know who he is, Tim is an active-duty Ranger-qualified Green Beret Special Forces sniper with tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Tim has black belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and modern Army combatives and has professionally competed in MMA. Prior to his retirement, Tim was ranking among the top middleweights in the UFC. He has been featured on TV shows such as Hunting Hitler on the History Channel and Hard to Kill on the Discovery Channel. Finally, and probably most importantly, he is a father of three amazing children and a true American patriot. I'm so blessed to have him on the show. Tim, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. It sounds weird when you kind of put it all together. I'm just like, ugh. I need to do other stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think you're pretty busy. <laughs> um, before we before we jump into some questions and things like that, I wanted to pass on a couple things. Um, my son wanted to say thank you for your service and say hello. He just turned seven on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And uh, so he wanted to say thank you for your service. And my cousin Gary, who I've had on the show, is probably your probably your number one biggest fan. He's um, he was a firefighter and is embarking on a new journey and is also involved in jujitsu. And you're a big inspiration to that and was in the coast guard and loves, I think he has a Ranger up shirt on almost every single day. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, I got him the, the, the savage gentleman shirt. Cause I have it as well, the black one. And, uh, so anyway, he wanted to say hello and that he's a, a huge fan of yours as well. So I wanted to pass that along. Dude, appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so I want to know, from you, you know, from a, from a dad's perspective, this might be a little bit different of an interview compared to a lot of other ones that I've listened to on. I know you've been on Jocko, I know you've been on Tim Ferriss and so many other podcasts. Um, but I really want to talk about, you know, you as a father, what you're instilling in your kids, how you were, you were brought up. I understand that your dad was a 30 year narcotics officer. And so just understanding, you know, 
how you were brought up. And I, I think I read or, or heard that your mom had kind of enrolled you in cooking classes when you were really young. And uh, was it some kind of instrument piano? I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hearing that it's like, what was that kind of dynamic? Like if you can kind of just briefly describe that and then how have you taken anything from your childhood that you've learned from your parents and instilled it or all just, you know, just all from you. So I'd love to start off like that. Well, I mean, I think the, yeah, I mean, the goal is to copy what my parents did in every single way. Um, Cause my parents were, you know, nearly perfect parents. I know they, they'll get mad hearing you say that, but truly I was blessed in every imaginable way with what my siblings were like, with what my brother was like, with how my parents raised me. Um, and you know, everybody could only be so lucky. Um, I was a ADD, um, freak of a kid that, you know, in, in, in a normal household, the, the easy solution is, um, let's medicate this kid. Let's, um, you know, put him on Ritalin, but instead, my parents just found activities for me to do from from sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm not exaggerating. From the from the time the sun was up, from the time the sun was down, I I never had a moment of free time. Um, whether that was like kind of like today, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. no, nothing's changed. Like people are like, how do you how at this point, um, forty years old, have you done these things? I'm like, dude, just wait till I'm eighty. Nothing's gonna change because I'm continuing to. I just can't kind of stop moving. Um, I would be in prison. I'd be dying of AIDS or, you know, I'd, I'd be a drugged up probably meth or heroin addict be, just because of kind of the amount of energy that I had. But my parents were wise enough to make sure that that was directed in, in very productive, useful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can only be a testament to kind of their love and their patience. Patience, um, you know, as they duct tape me to chairs for me to do homework um you know and now that sounds like super criminal but like it was the best possible way otherwise i would have failed out of school um, you know right so like maybe for any other kid that would be insane but for this kid it was perfect and um and you know with my matter of fact i just came from capital armory in um in north austin where i picked up my my son's first gun, you know, a little bolt action, precision, 1022 rifle suppressed, um, that, nice. you know, he's, that's what he's going to start learning on. You know, mm-hmm. my first, like, like most people, everybody had their first gun. Sometimes it's a 410 shotgun, a break breach or a lever action, uh, bolt action, that Ruger 1022 semi automatic. But it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to do the same thing that my dad did. Uh, so how this. were you when you first started shooting? Who? that I had my own gun. I think I was 10, but um, how old's your son now? Four. Whoa. (laughs) So you didn't do exactly what your dad did. (laughs) No, but I tell you what, you do not give this four year old me a a gun. That's what you don't do. Um, Right. 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 And every son's very different different than you are. Or you are. Yeah. He's just like my wife and you know, he's an intellectual, he's a cognitive freak that looks and dissects everything that you say and do. Um, that's, that's who my wife and my son are. And, um, so, you know, maybe he's ready, maybe he's not, but might as, might as well, um, start this slow process. If he's methodical like that, I mean, he might be, you know, lining up the shot, paying attention to where it goes, you know, seeing the groupings and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he could be really focused at it. 
Oh, yeah, he will be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having a dad as a sniper is, uh, you know, big shoes to fill. Yeah. So, a, a decent shooter. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're probably, like, ranked in the top six, aren't you? Yeah, I'm up there. Always trying to get better, man. I was I was just shooting. I understand that. not wanting to toot your own horn, but, you know, it's like uh, you got to give yourself credit, too. Yeah. I mean, you, th- you're also the person who I heard say that you had to beg to be able to kick down the doors and go kill the bad guys when you enlisted, right? Because didn't you say that you went to, you approached the SEALs, you approached the Marines, and everybody wanted you to be an officer and go this path and that path? And you're like, no, I want to, yeah. I want to kick down doors. I want to do, I want to do the dirty stuff. So yep. that energy's got to go somewhere, right? I mean, you're the yeah. per- perfect guy for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so, sure that's a good thing, but that is also true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are you, you know, so you have a lot of experience and, you know, you've seen, you've seen a lot. So I'm sure you see the world in a slightly different way, um, than, than probably the general population. Um, how are you raising, how are you raising your kids? I mean, you know, people probably follow you on Instagram they see your workout videos. They see, um, what you're doing, what you're involved in, um, your part, you know, you're still, owner or part owner of sheepdog response correct yep still still full owner we're just yep. growing and getting bigger yeah so you know empowering people to you know be be their own weapons and you know hashtag hard to kill all that good stuff you know what are you at what what age did you start instilling this into your kids um you know what what's the routine like for them that you have that you've kind of helped them adopt on a daily basis uh, i mean we we start working at birth um Okay. You know, like if, if this is any indication of kind of what, you know, getting my four-year-old a gun, um, you know, that might sound crazy to some people and until you remember that, like I grew up as a, as an eight-year-old walking into drug dealers, um, garages and trying to steal their registration out of their, um, <laughs> life and like, every amount of personal information I could steal out of their um, glove boxes as an eight-year-old kid, you know, like that was, that was normal to me. So like you always have to, I, I realize I sound insane sometimes when, when people like listen to me talk and I was like, just, I just grew up different, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and my kids are going to have the same thing. Like one of, one of my kids right now is overseas, you know, she's 16 years old and she's traveling in a bunch of foreign countries um, and that's not weird to me. Um, and she's going to be super safe. I had her kidnapped when she was 12 years old. <laughs> I saw that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's real. That's that. like, I don't, that this isn't like, I'm trying to do social media stuff. I'm trying to give people little snapshots into this strange world that I live in and hopefully inspire people to, to push the limits of their own lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like you're saying, 16 year old girl goes across the world. I mean, that's the movie Taken right there, right? So, well, I'd love that. Like, it would it would be a hilarious thing if somebody's like, "Oh, hey, that little blonde is super cute. I'm gonna go snag her." I'm like, "Ooh, one, she's gonna she's gonna stab you in the gut, and you're gonna die a painful death." Two, what does she carry with her? What does she carry with her? I'm not gonna tell you, but <laughs> she's good. She's good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, they were my peers that tried to kidnap her, and um, like they were in a full blown fight with a twelve year old girl in the back of a 
places or trying to bring her out the back door to a van, you know? Um, so like there's some, there's some fight and some wisdom in my kids that I never had. Um, even though my parents did everything they could give to me. So do your kids do jujitsu too? Um, so my son right now, the four-year-old, he is doing Taekwondo. Um, my daughter does one of my daughters does jujitsu proper, like uh, Brazilian jujitsu. Um, she does jujitsu with her mom, and then my other daughter is less into jujitsu. You know, goes like she's more in like the Krav type stuff. So like the practical jujitsu, not the yeah. tournament jujitsu. Yeah, self self defense jujitsu. The shit you like. <laughs> yeah, I like clawing the people's eyes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I, I don't think you can be really a master at like the self-defense jiu-jitsu unless you really train proper technical jiu-jitsu, um, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a point of diminished returns where you start going down the sports route where you're really just focusing on sports and learn and forgetting that like, oh yeah, I can bite a dude right now or you know, I could, I could headbutt him to death or cool. I just got to side control and I can start dropping, dropping North South elbows until his face turns to mush. Right. And I guess the, the possibility of the opportunity is always there. Right. But if you never actually implement that into your practice, then if you were ever need to do that in the real world situation, then it's kind of almost lost in translation, right? Because you've yep. never actually put in the reps to practice doing it yep. that way. You've only done the tournament style. Yep, Exactly. So is that why you have your son in Taekwondo or he's just too, too young for jujitsu? He's too young for jujitsu. Um, yeah. Six is where they want him. And, um, and I started in traditional martial arts. Uh, so, you know, Shotokan Karate, uh, Taekwondo Jiu-Jitsu, um, Hawaiian Kempo. So I had a very diverse background in martial arts before I got into grappling and I loved grappling. But I wanted to, I want him um, to have the diversity of um, being able to the scariest part about me in MMA was like I get to pick where the fight happens, you know, like mm-hmm. um, or if we're going to grapple, like you're going to in for a bad night. If you're a kickboxer, like plan on being on your back, um, you know, and then if you're Hodger Gracie, like one of the greatest grapplers on the planet, like good luck getting me down. You know, you're either going to be on your back getting punched in the face the whole entire time, or we're never going to go to the ground and you're just going to have to deal with whatever I want to do on our feet. So, um, I wanted him to, and then like the the athleticism similar to gymnastics. He also does gymnastics. One Uh of my daughters did figure skating. Um, the other one was a water polo. So like, I don't, I didn't want ever to force, uh, any of what I do onto any of them. So like one of my daughters would now, will never go hunting with me ever. Um, and, but she likes shooting a bow. She never wants to shoot a bow at an animal, but she loves shooting a bow. So like, that's her thing. Her version of marksmanship with me is going and shooting a bow. Awesome. I love every single second, second of it, you know? And if my son doesn't like, um, shooting this rifle, cool. He'll never have to do it ever. Uh Um, and just, just, just like my family, it was always, what is the best thing for this kid? What is the uh-huh. best thing for, you know, my brother and sister were, are way different than I am. Um, they're better at everything, unfortunately. Uh, so, <laughs> but everything was tailored for each of us. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like there's kind of a fine line. Like you, you just brought up a really good point is that you never want to force it on them. But like, let's just take, go back to the self-defense thing, right? So you, you've already taught your daughter um, self-defense tactics, whatever art she knows, or like you said, one of them's more into the Krav stuff uh, and, and the jujitsu combination. So the thing is like, you know, what if some of the, what if one of your kids actually said to you like, dad, I don't want to do Taekwondo. I don't even want to learn how to defend myself. It's like, well, you know, as a father, or at least you want that for a father as a father is like, you want your child to know how to protect themselves because you never know when you're possibly going to need to need to do that. Right. So whether it's in, you know, a trip to Europe or on the playground or something like that. So it's like without forcing, how do you, maybe you never even had that experience, but I'm just curious as like what you'd, what you'd say, how you react if you ever, if someone's out there listening and they had that experience and like, yeah, my kid doesn't really have an interest in this kind of stuff, but they want them to know how to defend themselves because maybe they don't want someone to take advantage of their good nature or something like that. So I I think somebody's ability to respond to, you know, external negative stuff, whether it's like an attacker or even like in the business realm of, you know, like in in negotiation, somebody being a dick and being aggressive and trying to like short change you or, you know, like my daughter's now just moving into the working field or, they just went to on their proms and one of them, you know, had a, but a bad experience with a guy at prom night. Um, all of their responses to all of that negative stuff came from first confidence and love. You know, um, they don't have to know how to judo chop somebody in the throat. They don't know how to run. They don't need to know how to run a power double. You know, they don't need to know how to do a flying arm bar, but if they are in a position of, of strength and confidence and they know that um, their their fa- father had low jacked the low jacked the limo that they're in, and they're pretty much tracking where every second that they go. Um, like they know that, so like it was let me out of the car right now. Um, like I, I don't need to be in this limo with you. Just let me out on the side of the road. And and the confidence that that a, well, think about that for a second. A sixteen year old girl, the peer pressure that they're under for them to be able to say, okay, this is what this is how I'm going to respond to what is inappropriate to have the confidence to, to say, no, we can't do this here. Um, we can't do this at all. Um, let alone here. Um, like she didn't need to have a martial art background. Sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, martial arts can help build that confidence. You know, she didn't need to be a boxer. Uh, sure. It could have helped how she was going to respond or give the confidence to do that. Um, but like, it was more of the position of strength of who they are as individuals. Like that's, this undaunting, relentless pursuit that, that you see in my, in me, those are characteristics that were given to me out of love and strength. So like you, you, you can't beat me, you know, like you, you can never break me. You can never make me quit because like, that's just not in there. And it's the same with my kids. Um, you know, like my son at four, um, with a new baby on the way, like they, they are going to be in positions of strength. They're going to have confidence moving forward where, you know, it's um, all of their success is just going to be a direct reflection of who they are on the inside internally. Like, and that's just love and strength. Yeah, that's a good point. I love that you low jack the limo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't give up. That's all. Awesome. Dude, there's, awesome. there's 7 billion people on the planet. I don't care about. Six billion nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven of them. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, and congratulations on the new one on the way. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. So, 
So that's, that's what you're instilling your kids. Um, with this type of schedule that you have, I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening that want to know what, what your routine is like, you know? So how, how are you balancing being in the army, um, running multiple businesses, uh, being a father, getting in, getting in your workouts, doing the things that you need to do to stay healthy. I know you're a big proponent of eight hours of sleep, correct? Mm-hmm. So you, you are a person that values sleep other, uh, as opposed to someone like, you know, uh, people that might listen to Jocko and he's like, you know, five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, max, something well, like so that. He, like me is a high performer, um, in the sense that, so I don't, I, I, I cannot sleep for eight hours. Oh. Um, I absolutely believe that everybody needs to sleep as much as their body needs and everybody's body's different. Um, my wife pregnant needs 10 hours of sleep. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. There's period. You know, like there's no, there's no magic, anything. She needs to sleep for eight hours or 10 hours. Otherwise she's like a massive pain in the ass. Um, so it's, it's whatever the individual needs. Um, sleep I think is one of the building blocks, the cornerstones for a healthy person, just like nutrition and exercise and hard work are. Um, but I, I don't think any of them are more important than the other, or there's an exact recipe. Like not everybody does not need to do the workouts that I do. Matter of fact, it'll kill a bunch of people. Um, <laughs> but they should be pushing themselves to whatever their limit is in whatever way they want to improve as a person. Do you design your own workouts? Yeah. Well, I got, I got a little team of people around me that are, uh, you know, some are strength and conditioning coaches, powerlifting coaches, Olympic lifting coaches, some of our like endurance athletes. So we're always trying to like push the envelope in a bunch of different ways. So right now we're doing totally whack things where like imagine a CrossFit workout and you know how most CrossFit workouts, you have the strength port or you have like the warm up, the mobility, the strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into the finisher, you know, like, all right, here's like the, the Metcons. Yeah. Here's the Metcon or the, the wad of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing that first. So we're like zapping our CNS at the very beginning of the workout and then spending the rest of the workout trying to rally to be able to do strength. Um, so it's a complete paradigm shift from anything that I have ever seen anybody do. And it's the wor- weirdest, worst, most uncomfortable pain ever. But that's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing right now. Well, from, you know, if you, if you study trends and conditioning or program design and stuff like that, you're right. I mean, you're technically, you're supposed to start with the harder things, right? Work big to small and, you know, harder more stabilizers, things like that should be go first or heavy lifts should go first. But, um, the guy I mentioned to you, my cousin, Gary, uh, he was in a SOC unit, uh, special ops, uh, firefighter unit for a number of years. And you think of the gear that they have to wear, the amount of conditioning that they have to have, and then how much cardio or how much like Metcon type training do they have to do before they actually get into the building and then yeah. maybe have to do the heavy lifting. He's been doing that for so long actually so he was actually training that way and he's like well that's that's kind of the environment that i'm in like i'm training for my environment because we were having a conversation about a number of years ago i'm like it makes makes perfect sense i mean it's it's unconventional right uh from you know all the books that you might read on program design but 
uh, if it if it meets the demands of your environment and you're training for your sport, then there is no wrong. So, I mean, I'm sure that's probably pretty similar with you, right? I mean, you know, when you're deployed and uh, you got all the gear on, you're, you know, going someplace, you're probably doing a lot of cardio and already getting the heart rate up there sweating. And then maybe you got some heavy lifting to do afterwards. So it's really practical. Yeah, I've, I've never been in a gunfight where we got to um, do a warm up, do some mobility, do a little bit of strength. You know, it's been like one, two, three. Oh my God, I'm about to die. And this is going to go on until it's done. Right. Um, so that was one of the motivations for, like, I think a lot of people train wrong. They're training backwards. You know, like, mm-hmm. I get it. It's harder to get strong and to look better um, when you train this way. But, like, you're not going to get better at this other stuff until you realize that, like, you got to. Dude, it just sucks right now. It just sucks to be me. <laughs> I doubt that. Um, how? Uh, so you just got actually back from your last uh, recent deployment, right? Yep. So were you already starting to do this training before you went on deployment? I, I started it there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have, how have you seen your body react or shift or improve? Um, or have, has not enough time yet? Um, ooh, it is, it's ugly. Sometimes it feels like I'm throwing up out of my butt um, in like the middle of the workout. Dude, okay. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. You take ice baths to recover? Um, we're doing, uh, what are we doing? Cryo, NAD, Cryo. Yeah. and a ton of calories. Yeah. So what's, where? <laughs> Where does some of your motivation come from? So you said, you know, you were always like this where your kids, you're, you're a kid and you're just running around. You got to get tup- duct tape to the chair to do your homework. You know, where's your motivation coming from to, to just keep going as an adult? I mean, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's just you love doing the work that you, you know, that you're doing. But you're saying you said it a couple of times. It sucks being me. OK, so where do you get that motivation? Because if someone says to themselves, it sucks being me. You know, maybe you're being a little facetious, but what if someone truly believes that? And it's like, how are they going to get that energy to get up and keep going? Dude, embrace the suck. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the, yeah. I hate that these slogans exist, but they exist for a reason because they're just true. You know, yeah. and, and I love the contrast. I love the pain. I love the suffering. Um, you know, like, right, if you looked at my hands right now, there's chunks of my hands missing from this morning's workout. I have to go shoot tomorrow. Um, the first time I draw my gun, it's, it's like, I'm probably going to reopen everything that's open on my hand right now that will get sealed at some point of today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going to spend the rest of the afternoon swimming around in a saltwater pool as my kids are hanging out with all of their friends on a Friday afternoon as we're barbecuing um, some elk that I'm going to mince into some street tacos. Uh, oh, as that I'm delicious. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be redon- redonkulous. And so like in one day, look at the contrast of that. Like, so I totally embrace this pain and suffering because I know what is on the far side of it. I know it's on the far side of hard work. I know it's on the far side of pain. I know it's on the far side of failure. And that is like the most fulfilling, rewarding life imaginable. So I think people avoid this pain and they, they avoid failure and they avoid, uh, they avoid the suck when in fact they should always be seeking it out because on the far side of that is everything that they've ever wanted. It's everything they've ever imagined that they could provide for their family. It's everything they wanted as an individual. So like just accept the fact that like it is a necessary part of growth. Yeah. 
completely different perspective. Yeah. And nothing actually changes, right? No. Except your mindset, except the way you're attacking the day, your life, et cetera. You yeah. know, so it's, I love it. I love, I love that advice. All right. I know we're, I know we're running short on time here. So I end every episode with 10 questions inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. So before we let you go, I got 10 questions. Okay. Um, rapid fire. Okay? Fire. Who is your hero? Uh, my dad and my grandpa. What excites you? Pain. What turns you off? Quitters and anything easy. What is your favorite sound? My children's laughter. What is your least favorite sound? Them crying. What is your favorite quote or saying? <sighs> Do unto others as you want done unto yourself. Nice. In a couple words, what should a dad be? A forgiver, a lover, and um, I, I want to say like a, I don't know what the right word is. It's like um, adaptable. Like be, it's they need to be whatever their kids need them to be, and and we don't know what that is until you have your kid. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like a chameleon. Yeah. In a couple words, what should a dad not be? Easy. A quitter. And they shouldn't be fake. Like my, my kids see me fail. Um, they see me suffer. They see me sweat. And that's what it's, that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So authentic. Or, you know, yeah. be authentic. Yeah. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? No. No? No. Nope. <laughs> this, is what, this is what God made me to be, and this is all I'm going to do. Okay. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Um... truthful and real nice that's beautiful tim tell everyone where they can find find more about you where are you so where are you so uh active right now on social media is it their, is it their yeah. website is it all of it yeah so tim, tim kennedy mma is my personal stuff um if you're trying to catch up with me and train with me or hang out or shoot fight um sheepdog response is is kind of the place that those me as individual and, and all the other things intersect. So that's where you go. Are you at all the sheepdog trainings? I'm at the vast majority of them. All the good ones. All the good ones. Yeah. So the level one in New Jersey and the level one in Florida in September. Uh, I, I might be at the Florida <laughs> one. Um, I'm going to be the Austin one next week. I was just at the Pittsburgh one last week. Oh, okay. Um, I know we're my adding, state, Pennsylvania. I'm be at the Las Vegas one in January. Um, I think I'm going to. We're adding Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio to the next three upcoming classes that aren't currently listed. I'll be at all three of those. 
Nice. So, yeah, man. The New Jersey one's uh, my birthday weekend, July 12th. I think it's the 12th, 13th, and 14th or something like that. That's up in New Jersey, I think. Yeah. Well, So here's, here's the problem about uh, all the dudes that train for this company. Like mm-hmm. when you see that my resume and you listed all that stuff and we're like, wow, that sounds really weird putting it all together. When you see the people that are there, all of them are better than me. Like, oh, great. That guy's a black belt. Oh, that great. That guy's a competitive shooter. Oh, great. That guy's a doctor. Oh, great. That guy came from Delta Force. Oh, great. That guy gave from Dev Group. Like all of them are like that. So it's just you walk into this room and you're just daunted by the people that are presenting this information to you. It's nice. surreal. Yeah, I've, I've seen the videos and I definitely want to take one of the courses at some point. And actually, my cousin and I were thinking about taking one together. So just trying to figure out when the when the schedules sync up and all. So awesome. Well, maybe I'll get to meet you one day. Would love that. I would too. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.